Welcome to Life Point Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to Life Point Plus. I'm your host, Gary Moore. Last week, we began a new study on communication using Dr. H. Norman Wright's book, Communication, Key to Your Marriage. In his book, Dr. Wright sets the stage, if you will, before he gets into the core topic of communication. We closed last week's broadcast with this question. What is God's perspective of marriage? Well, you know, entire books have been written on this topic. And one of the ones I like is the late Timothy Keller's book, The Meaning of Marriage, Facing the Complexities of Commitment with the Wisdom of God. We're not going to thoroughly dissect this question, but look at and respond to what Dr. Wright has put in his book. Genesis 2, 18-25 teaches that marriage was God's idea and that he had several divine purposes in mind. Let me read those verses to you from the Revised Standard Version. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make a helper fit for him. So out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air, and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all the cattle and to the birds of the air and to every beast of the field. But for the man there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and while he slept took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man leaves his father and his mother and cleaves to his wife, and they become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. There are some very interesting things about this passage and the creation story in general that I don't want us to miss. We know that God created every beast of the field, every bird of the air, and even Adam from the dust of the ground. I call this the dirt design. Yet when it came to Eve, God changed the design parameters. If the only reason Eve was created was so that she and Adam could procreate, the dirt design would have been adequate. It was working well for the rest of creation. But God didn't use the dirt design for Eve. She was created from Adam, one of his ribs. Eve was created so that she and Adam could enjoy a depth and type of relationship that no other part of creation could enjoy. No other part of creation could say, This is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Verse 24 says, Therefore a man leaves his father and his mother and cleaves to his wife, and they become one flesh. Have you ever really reflected on this verse? Think about it. There was no father and mother for Adam to leave and then cleave to his wife. Adam and Eve were the only humans on earth. 
This is definitely a marriage design statement. It also says, a man leaves. Not an adolescent, not a teenager, a man, a young adult. As parents, we have a responsibility to raise our children in such a manner that they leave as young adults, not adolescents or teenagers, adults. If we don't, they cannot leave well, and if they don't leave well, they cannot cleave well. Verse 25 says, And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. We know from Genesis 3 that this was referring to clothes because God made clothes for them so they could cover themselves. However, I think there's another implication here. Adam and Eve were both naked and not ashamed emotionally. They had perfect communication. Think about it. Sin had not yet entered the world. Everything was perfect, even the communication between Adam and Eve. There was never a time that Eve said something to Adam that he thought, hmm, I wonder what she meant by that. Their mutual understanding and their communication were perfect. Well, now back to Dr. Wright. Companionship is one of the first things he lists as God's perspective on marriage. God created marriage for companionship. As John Milton observed, Loneliness was the first thing God's eye named not good. Loneliness and isolation are contradictions to the purpose in God's creative act. God made man to live with others, and the first other was woman. When God said it wasn't good for man to be alone, he meant that in every way it wasn't good. It wasn't good physically. There was no partner. It wasn't good emotionally. There was no one to share with. It wasn't good spiritually. Completeness God also created marriage for completeness. In verse 18 of the passage I read, the woman was to be a helper fit for him. The woman assists man in making his life and hers complete. She fills up the empty spaces. She shares his life with him and draws him out of himself into a wider area of contact through the involvement they have with one another. She is one who can enter into responsible companionship. The partners in a marriage relationship are actually fulfilling God's purpose of completeness or wholeness in life. Let me add some thoughts to this. God has designed us in such a way that the only way we really come to understand who we are is in close relationship with another human being. And there is no closer human relationship than marriage. In the marriage relationship, my spouse reflects back to me who I am. She doesn't cause me to be who I am. It's as we interact that she reflects to me who I am. I then see my real self more clearly than ever before. And it's only as I see who I really am that I can work on myself, with God's help, to become everything that He wants me to become. Without this close interaction with my wife, I will never know myself at the depths that God wants me to. God wants me to become the best me that I can. I can't do that if I can't honestly see who I am 
and I can only do that in close relationship with another human being. And the design is with my wife. Then as I see who I really am, God and I can work on me. Now back to Dr. Wright. Communication. The companionship and completeness God intended for marriage grow out of communication as two people share each day the meaning of their lives. As the late Dwight Small said, the heart of marriage is its communication system, but no couple begins marriage with highly developed communication. It is not something they bring into marriage ready but something to be continually cultivated through all the experiences of their shared life. Satisfying companionship and a sense of completeness develop as husband and wife expand their mutual understanding and learn to communicate with openness and understanding. We referenced leave and cleave earlier. To leave means to sever one relationship before establishing another. Now, this does not mean that you disregard your parents. Rather, it requires you to redefine your relationship with them. It requires that you break your tie to them and assume responsibility for your spouse. To cleave means to weld together. When a man cleaves to his wife, they become one flesh. This is a description of the oneness, completeness, and permanence that God intended in the marriage relationship. It suggests a unique oneness, a total commitment to intimacy in all of life together, symbolized by the sexual union. Think of it this way. If you hold a lump of dark green clay in one hand and a lump of light green clay in the other hand, you can clearly identify the two different shades of color. However, when you mold the two lumps together, at first glance you see just one lump of green clay. When you inspect the lump closely, you see the distinct and separate lines of dark and light green clay. This is a picture of your marriage relationship. The two of you are blended together so that you appear as one, yet each of you retains your distinct identity and personality. But now you have a marriage personality that exists in the two of you. A Christian marriage involves more than the blending of two people. It also includes a third person, Jesus Christ, who gives meaning, guidance, and direction to the relationship. When he presides in a marriage, then and only then is it a Christian marriage. Well, how would you answer this question? Just what is marriage, anyway? Well, there are a number of factors that make marriage what it is, and here are some of them. Marriage is a gift. Marriage is an opportunity to learn how to love. Marriage is a journey in which we as travelers face many choices and are responsible for those choices. Marriage is built upon a commitment to communicate. We have to learn to speak our partner's language. Marriage is often influenced more than we realize by unresolved issues from our past. Marriage is a call to servanthood. Marriage is a call to friendship. Marriage is a call to suffering. Marriage is a refining process. 
Marriage is not an event, but a way of life. Well, our time is gone for today. And as I close, I want to encourage you during this Advent season to attend one of the many Bible-believing and teaching churches here in the Treasure Valley. If you don't have a home church, we'd love to have you visit us. Our services at Cloverdale Church of God are at 9.30 and 11 a.m. And we're located at 3755 South Cloverdale Road. That's between Victory and Amity. Have a great Christmas. God bless. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at cloverdalechurch.org. To know more about the church, go to our website at www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thanks for listening and be blessed.